0: Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous. This is a podcast committed to bringing playful learning and teaching to every school. Simply put, we are finding the joy in the journey. Today, we have Adam Renard with us, uh, back again. Uh, And we are discussing sort of gamifying when you are boxed in by the curriculum. So if you know... You're in in a district that uses a, a kit or some sort of standard curriculum. Uh, you've got it all scoped and sequenced out. You're part of a larger team. How can you fit gamification into that circumstance? Stick around and find out. But before we get to that, Adam, can you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, uh, I'm Adam Bernard. I have been on the podcast before, but that was almost a year ago now. It was like July of last year. And I've had... Talk? I mean... Truth um, We have had a great experience though uh, My family and I as We have relocated from southwest Virginia To southwest Ohio And we live in Cincinnati now And I am in a district That I do not ever want to leave Because
0: it has been amazing Nice mm-hmm. I went to school in Cincinnati Really? Yep. Like high school, college? For college, I graduated Xavier University
1: Excellent. I, I've walked that campus now since we've moved here, and I mean, it's a neat place. I'll tell you that much.
0: I'm sure everyone sort of has fond magical memories of college, but uh, mm-hmm. I would definitely fall into that category. I loved Xavier. It was the right school for me. Um, neat place. Great, great friends. I am certain none of them are listening to this, but <laughs> if if you are, Jeffs and and Sam hello <laughs> that that would
1: be an interesting uh way to to have found them and reached out to them through a podcast about teaching and gamification
0: <laughs> that's right that's right so so well, you found excellent. so you moved to ohio uh mm-hmm. cincinnati great place yep and uh found yourself in a new district mm-hmm. and uh well first of all congratulations on thank you taking that leap and traveling with your family across the country there
1: it has been amazing and a huge difference for opportunity and just, uh, the schools have been wonderful to be a part of and, and my kids are happy here and it, it has just been a very, very good change for our family.
0: Nice. So when you got there, um, cause before this you had done some gamification and really mm-hmm. you were, you were dabbling with game based learning and gamification, doing all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like? I don't know where to start this conversation, if it was part of the interview or if, if it was right when you got there, but what was that like? Because I know that that's a piece of how you teach.
1: Well, we um, when when I was interviewed in May, I definitely brought it up and said it was something that I really enjoyed doing and kind of didn't see going forward in my teaching career without it from this point on. So they definitely knew that gamification was part of what I was going to bring to the classroom. What I didn't know um, as I came in was that I would end up having a partner in crime, which has been a huge, huge benefit uh, for me making it through a full year of gamification without making, I don't think, any major errors or having any really hard lulls in being able to do the gamification piece of what we were doing. Um, In June, we were brought up for a training for the program that we ended up using in the district called Amplify Science, which is a good program and I thoroughly enjoyed using. But as I met uh, the guy that would be my teaching partner and the instructional coach for our building, I was sitting there and I asked him what his teaching style was. And Tom said that he asked a lot of questions and had a lot of discussion. And these are the things that he just kind of relied on a lot. I said, well, that's, that's, that's very good. I said, I gamify. And he goes, Oh, I'm, I'm reading this book right now. I said, what's it called? He said, explore like a pirate. I said, yeah, Michael Matera's book. Yes. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? And he goes, I, he goes, I just got through all the terminology and I'm getting into some of the stuff like the, the stuff that you use and the mechanics, and I said, "Oh, it's amazing! You will, you will love it." He goes, "I get it. I'm really happy with it. I board game a lot, and it just seems like it's right up my alley." And I said, "We nice. will, we will take it, and we will come up with something really good." Um, so at that point, it was kind of off and running.
0: I love it. This sort of natural like pairing. I mean, the cosmos brought you two educational partners together. Mm -hmm. And yet you, you know, per the the theme of this discussion, you found yourself in a school that had this curriculum sort of mapped out?
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, Amplify Science runs on the, the Next Generation Standards, or science standards. And it's a really great program. I think if you set me somewhere for, you know, a year and just let me come up with what I could come up with. Uh, this would be very similar to what I would end up doing. Now, it, it is in a you know, in a box. They are a company trying to make money. They came up with their structure, and you know, there's 22 set lessons per unit, and they're all kind of working towards something. But it, every time it places the kids in a role as a different kind of scientist. Uh, in our fourth grade year, they were electrical engineers or systems engineers, they were geologists, they were uh biologists, and they were I forget what my last
0: one was. So, so yeah. a little a little mental role playing there as well. Mm-hmm. I mean with yes. inside the within inside the program, which is an element of gamification too, that sort of suspending reality a little bit and mm-hmm. getting into the theme.
1: Yeah. So what we did a little bit farther, um I had seen in the chat last year all the people that were sharing out their amazing websites. And Tom and I, when we were discussing it, found a very common ground in our enjoyment of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and comic books and comic book movies and stuff. So we ended up going with a superhero theme. And so we over the summer, we built a website and applied for a grant in our district that gave us a couple of things. so We were able to get dice and championship belts and I believe, nine copies of your book to give to the different schools. You're welcome. (laughs) And um, we were able to really put together a pretty comprehensive site for the kids to kind of go to and have a headquarters for all of their stuff. And as we started and kind of laid out and looked at what the curriculum did, we decided that we would take the heroes, as they were, and we would give them missions where they were, as they were civilians, they would be pretending to be electrical systems engineers. And they would be mm-hmm. doing this, but they would have to report back to headquarters about what was going on and and whatnot. And that sort of helped us bridge that gap where, like, this is what you have to do. You are, it, it really puts to test the idea that, If you take something that's in a box and you take something that's very scripted and you take something that's very um, set up in a very particular way, if we say that gamification is a layer that goes over the top of it, how much do you have to bend the stuff in the box in order to make the two things communicate very well?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And we found that by doing that, by telling the kids they were the heroes and their secret identity – was to be the engineer, and their secret identity was to be the geologist. That allowed us to have that connection very easily between the two things.
0: That's awesome. I Often in my presentation, I talk about that gamification is just this layer that we put over the top, and mm-hmm. um, I guess I'm really happy to hear that you felt that same way. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I got to tell you, for me... I don't know. I think if an administrator told me I couldn't gamify, (laughs) I'd almost be dumbfounded because I don't, I don't want to say I don't know how to teach without it, but it sometimes takes all these little tasks Mm -hmm. and actually ties them together and has far more meaning and purpose because of that little story arc, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm sure you, you sent their, their secret identities on these little missions to go do things and, Without it, it might have just seemed like a trivial task, but now it's a it's a piece inside a larger storyline, and they're mm-hmm. more like not only more willing to do it, but they're more open to the possibilities of what could be discovered on that task. So, so it's not just that they're willing to do it; it's not just like I finished my ten stupid math problems. They're yeah. more open to like learning from the experience. It mm-hmm. just I don't know. It just changes everything for me.
1: Well, and absolutely, we we found this year we based a lot um, because it was a new curriculum and because it was so, they the, the district wanted us to teach it with uh, a very high fidelity and follow it and kind of keep things moving. So really what we focused on this year from a gamification standpoint was putting the mechanics in place. Mm-hmm. So we focused very much on a leaderboard, on power-ups, and on SideQuest, which we called Secret Missions. And anytime we gave them the list of Secret Missions, and we, because they're 10 years old, and because we wanted parents to be able to see what we were talking about, all of our side quests were on the website, listed and kind of had a, not a complete walkthrough, but a, just a general summary of the kinds of things we were looking for. And we told the kids that as we started each unit over, they could redo any of the tasks that they wanted to, or any of the, the quests that they wanted to. They just had to use the new subject matter as the focus of sure. completing the task. Um, and every time we did it, of course, we added, you know, three or four different things to what we were doing. So it was it was very um, it was very neat to see the kids kind of grow as we went from unit to unit and their understanding of each of those mechanics kind of rose and the different classes, the light bulb would go off and they would start trying to help each other as they saw different pieces of what we had added into it. So it was, it definitely caught on. So it was very good.
0: Nice. Uh, for me, when I start with my quests in the beginning of the year, my side quests and every year without fail, like, beginning of the year is always the slowest moving because people are like i'm not certain if i'm going to do this like what is he talking about i don't even get how he mm-hmm. wants me to hand him in my type a students are like they want to go do it but then they're like afraid because they're so vague so they almost want somebody else to do it so then they can see from what they did so uh, the beginning is always the slowest for me but once it mm-hmm. starts clicking in and humming it starts going really well um yep as such I, I have a couple of items that i give out during this phase that are incredibly rare and you can only get them during this phase really okay so uh yeah i love it i i have this this type of currency you can pick up each unit has an artifact yeah and so you can only get it during that unit cuz like i kind of pretend that we travel to that place and we're in that yeah. location so You know we're no longer in mesopotamia you can no longer get the mesopotamian artifact Hmm. Um, and so that one that unit's only like two and a half three weeks long and it's right at the beginning of the year when they're like not a lot of students doing quests and artifacts uh, in and of themselves are sort of worthless they don't have any value printed on them it is in other things that you get that use the artifacts so you might Get some other item that says a Mesopotamia item can do this or is worth this. So yeah. Have, so it's kind of a twofold item. Yeah. But uh, what I like too is a part of it being history. Yeah. The older the artifact, the more powerful it is. That's that's brilliant, actually. Wow. So uh, these sense. kids get these artifacts that they don't do <laughs> anything. Cool. So at the beginning of the game, some of them trade it away. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people are doing quests at that moment, <clears throat> and by the end of the game, I think that Mesopotamian artifact is worth like five or six thousand XP points if you trade it in at the end. Wow! Yeah, that's which is a good huh. that's huge in my game. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's and that I think that's that's another piece is that it, we it is as we started with those mechanics and as we were working from inside that curriculum, it was learning what would be huge? What would kind of change things? Um, I know that our basically when Tom and I were putting things together last summer, we were like, oh, let's do this, and let's make power-ups that do this, and let's make our side quests all worth the same amount of stuff. And it was really interesting, after we finished the first unit, we sit there, we're sitting there on a Friday night, we're like, Okay, so eight eight of our power ups are useless because we don't take tests. Where all, all of our assessments are done in writing, so they're they're writing scientific arguments and scientific explanations, and so we have you know anything that we have that is get rid of um,
0: a test question, like those. yes,
1: or choices to to affect the fifty fifty um, gone anything we have that is, you know, advanced recon for test questions. We don't have test questions. Uh, we didn't have homework. So we had a great one that said you can turn things in a couple days late. We didn't have any due dates because we didn't have any homework and it was like ha. <sighs> so we ended up having to go through and like redo some of the power ups and change it and tweak it to to that curriculum in a box, which was a huge undertaking but it was very good and it kind of prepped us moving forward with it so finding the value of things was was just kind of a big deal for us too
0: i think that's so. also i don't know like scary moment for almost any game of fire when you're beginning to sort of set that market to sort of understand mm-hmm. the value of things uh i remember when i started i was just borderline petrified of the value value of XP value of mm-hmm. gold value of these What well, anytime you create a new thing, like what are these artifacts worth that I'm talking about? Like, is that going to break the game? Yeah. And, uh, I guess if you're listening out there, the best advice I can give you is don't be freaked out about that. You can, yeah. one, you can change it just as you heard Adam talk about, like they made, they, when they sat down in summer to plan out this curriculum, they came up with all these great ideas. And then a month in after their first unit, were like, wow! Like eight of these items are worthless, mm-hmm. yes. and they and they and you might have even gotten that feedback from the students themselves. Yeah, um, and then the, you, you and you and uh, Tom sat down Tom. and uh, figured it out and course corrected there and made the yeah. game better. Yeah,
1: it was it was definitely it was a big adjustment, and it was kind of just seeing what what that curriculum did. Now the other aspect of the came into it too was in November, we attended the Google apps for education conference and we were introduced to Pear Deck and Pear Deck really changed the way we presented the information. Um, we, the, the curriculum as it was is great, but it requires you to use a digital teacher's guide. And we had it open one time and I had this really bright young lady in my class who saw it in the background because I was pulling images off of it. And she looks at it and she calls me over and I said, yeah, how can I help you? And she's like, is that what I'm supposed to say? And I was like, and I look over and there's my question that I just asked them. And in parentheses, student responses are sitting there. And I was like, hmm, yeah, that, that's it sort of steals the magic from this, doesn't it? And she's like, "Yeah, just a little." I was like, "Right." And and I I was talking with Tom afterwards, and I was like, "We got to figure out how to present this stuff differently." I don't know if it's Google Slides or what it is. And like a week later, we go to the the Google Apps for Education conference, and we see Pear Deck. And we were before the the thing was over, the guy was laughing at us because we were already putting together presentations for our curriculum. To use it. And he was like, Oh, this is great. And I'm like, Well, that's good. But we gamify, so we have to figure out what we're going to pull into this and how we're going to present this. And I mean, even that was a, a major modification, too, because we had power ups that were affecting the way the kids could answer questions in Pear Deck and how many words they could use or what kind of word they needed to pull in or. Did it have to be drawing, or could they even answer in Pear Deck at all, or did they have to do all their answers in Play-Doh, or did they have to do all their answers in Lego, or did they have to...
0: That's a, that's a really good, I don't know if reminder is the right word, but just really good thing to sort of point out to people, a good observation, yeah. that uh, when, you, when you use some tool over and over again... Mm-hmm. That is a perfect opportunity to apply gamification to it so if you guys mm-hmm. know boom we're at this conference paradox we're going to go all in on Paradox. this is going to be the way we roll out things mm-hmm. um you know then to sit down and think like what power-ups can be built around paradeck and then mm-hmm. when you're thinking about power-ups <laughs> i like what you just said don't always think in the positive like sure they could do some of these great extra things in paradeck But you could also like go the other way like, oh, maybe without this thing, you're not allowed to even do it in Pear Deck. Maybe you got to use Play-Doh or maybe somebody could do a a gotcha on this group and their whole group has to do it, you know, with Play-Doh, as you said, or Legos Um, Mm -hmm. or limit, like you said, their words. And that could be for everyone. That could be for one group. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's, there's all sorts of things you could do, but... I know a lot of teachers stall out on trying to think of like items and power ups. And when you have a canned curriculum like that, that can even feel more like you're boxed in. Mm -hmm. But in reality, the the canned curriculum, what I'm trying to say is has a lot of things that it's structurally going to feel similar moving from unit to unit to unit. And those are often great opportunities to add items and power ups because you know, that's going to happen. You know, Hey, Hey, the fifth lesson is always like a lab report or a hypothesis. Like, yep. let's let's come up with some items for the hypothesis. What are some things that students don't like? Oh, we don't like whatever. Writing complete sentences. Okay, so one time they can do bullet points instead. Yep. Like, perfect. But like, you know that you have 10 units and you know the fifth lesson in every unit's hypothesis. Like, sweet.
1: Yep. Yeah, and, it, and really kind of going in that same vein, the other thing that we did part of the way through with some success. There were definitely kids that took to it like crazy. We offered power-ups that would allow kids to, instead of writing an argument or an explanation, they were allowed to change the way that they presented information. So they could do a flip grid or they could create it as a presentation or they could um, present it in just in different ways. And, and offering them that opportunity, because that was that was for us one of the biggest struggles that we had was when we realized there weren't any tests, when we realized it wasn't a sit down, take a multiple choice test, write short answers, do whatever. And it was all just they were writing pieces. And when we were trying to do traditional boss battles with that. And we couldn't. Like we just we, – we couldn't figure out how to make this work and get the kids connected to it until about, I want to say, the very beginning of our third unit when – and I don't even know what it was. It was in one of the chats, but somebody brought up the idea of getting them to compete, and I went into school the next day. I was talking with Tom, and I said, wait a minute. The very beginning of the year, we let them choose whether they were a good guy or a bad guy. But we've done so little with that mattering. I was like, what if we just have them write their pieces? And then we take the average of all of our heroes and the average of all of our villains. And that's what the XP reward is based on. Which team won? Did good win or did evil win? And we tried it as an experiment just to kind of see what would happen if we did it that way. And the kids got I mean, it was like all of a sudden what was becoming kind of mundane when we got to these explanations, because it was kind of detached from what we were doing. It just breathed life into it and it became like a just a shot in the arm that it needed to be really pull it in and be part of the game. And the really cool part is, is that the, all of the villains were like gathering and huddling in the corner and being like, no, you got to change that. No, you got to do that. And we watched them close and we told them, like, you can't type for them. You can't sit there and like word for word tell them what it needs to say, but you can give them feedback. You can sit in a circle, have everybody read each other's papers and be like, okay, cool. And we saw so much growth out of that experience of just putting them in a position it was amazing it was amazing
0: i believe it um i just think gamification sometimes gives that purpose like Mm -hmm. education the idea of it the notion of it that we're getting prepared for you know post high school whatever that brings you yeah uh, that's too remote um even if, to be honest, even if you're a high school senior, some of those kids, that's still too remote. Uh, some of them already, well, lots of them already know what college they're going to. So, like, again, it's just four more years, and they're still not even certain what they want to be. Yeah. And and if you're graduating and this is your final stop, many of them don't know what they're going to do next anyways. So, yeah. So, like, yeah. there is no quote-unquote, like, reason for it, utility for it in the moment. Mm -hmm.
1: And it's, I I think that that purpose, I think, you know, I was talking with my wife the other day, and we were talking about what are kids afraid of. Kids are afraid of the unknown. Kids are afraid that when when you grow up, they're not going to have any idea what to do. So the unknown isn't necessarily where they're going. It's how they're going to do it when they get there. Yep. And and I think that if the more that that collaboration piece can come in, the easier it is for them to ask for help. Because I think that that's the biggest thing they're really afraid of is looking bad in front of each other. So the more comfortable they get doing that, the better that they are at, finding success and figuring out what it is they're supposed to do as they go forward so
0: i like it and that is a perfect segue into reflection time (laughs) so here we go uh this quote comes from us from you no so strike that this quote comes from buddha Mm -hmm. um the mind that perceives the limitation is the limitation. I think that <laughs> I think that works well with today's topic about being boxed into the curriculum.
1: 100%, 100%. Because I think that there are so many people who could use a curriculum as an excuse of how can we do this? How can we take this thing that is pre prescribed that we are forced to do and do something amazing with it. And really, you're not going to necessarily get it on the first try. I mean, we sure didn't. And, but the, the more we tinkered with it and the more we worked with it and the more we didn't give up on it, the better the experience got. And the kids really responded every time we introduced something that worked with our curriculum and not tried to push away from it the kids responded better to that and that was a super big help.
0: Yeah, I think the quote is a powerful one. I think that when we think about things we could complain about these limitations in our lives, a lot of times it's it's overcoming that that challenge that we become stronger, that we become better. So the limitations in some respects can be stepping stones to greater things. So we we yeah. don't we don't want to like Only complain about them. And in your case, Adam, like, if there are teachers out there that have canned curriculum, instead of sort of complaining that you have this canned curriculum, this could be a great reason to start gamifying because you already have the lesson plans. I mean, the lesson Mm -hmm. plans are done for you, and yet you are a fully functional, creative human being. Like, put some of that muscle in towards creating a gamified layer over it all that can just provide that greater meaning and that greater challenge and that greater excitement in the can mm-hmm. program and I think everyone wins then
1: Absolutely, I think the energy that you get from putting that spark in it can just change so much about something that you're, I, some people would look at as being stuck with, other people look at it as as what they get to work with, if you take those tools you can do something so amazing with it you just have to work
0: at it Agreed. Well, Adam, thank you so much for coming back and I know we'll, we'll have you back on the show again. It's, uh, it's always good to have you here and, uh, everyone else. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you guys could right after this, like boom, right after this sentence, go over to hive org and sign up for some free summer PD, uh, it starts August 1st, ends August 14th, HiveSummit.org. There's nine awesome speakers. Uh, it's all going to be held on YouTube, but you got to have that free ticket. So sign up today. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. It is truly an honor having you guys being a part of my PLN. Uh, I truly appreciate it. So that's all i got for you today. Take care.